Punching Holes in the Darkness is a podcast by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. It's an opportunity for pastors and leaders in Michigan churches to have their voices heard and to share how to best reach our mission field from Detroit to the Upper Peninsula. Well, folks, when we come back in just a moment, we're going to have Dr. Larry Allen, Mr. Miracle, I'd say, the man who came back from the dead. You do not want to miss this. Stay tuned, would you please? Friends, I want to introduce to you one of our new partners. It is GuideServe. They are our financial partner who helps us take care of all of our nickels and noses, so to speak. Uh, GuideServe is an outsourced accounting partner for our Baptist State Convention of Michigan. Uh, GuideServe provides professional accounting solutions to churches and ministries all across the country. And they offer, they truly offer some comprehensive accounting and payroll solutions to organizations ranging from just beginning church plant to large churches and expansive ministries. And listen, if you'd like to know more about them, you can visit their website at guideserve.com or send them an email at info at guideserve.com. And by the way, if you mention BSCM, uh, when you do, it'll be a benefit to us as well. So welcome our new partner, GuideServe. Welcome to another edition of Punching Holes in the Darkness. This is a podcast produced by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan for our pastors and leaders of this great state and others within this Baptist sign of ours. We do so to encourage, inspire, and inform others how they can better punch holes in the darkness. I'm Tim Patterson, your State Executive Director and your host for today. And today we have a very, very special guest with us, one of my dear friends, someone who is been uh, with me since I've been here, but he's been with Michigan Baptist a long time and has done an admirable job, not only serving at the state convention level, but also as a pastor in the state. I'm talking about the one and the only Dr. Larry Allen. Larry, good to have you with us today, my friend. Thank you, Tim. It's good to be here. I'm excited about the opportunity. Many of you know uh, Dr. Allen, or know him or been around him. Some of you may not, but as I said, he served here at our state convention at different levels and different ways, but he's also uh, served as a pastor at Warren Woods Baptist Church. How long were you there at Warren Woods? We were there for 14 years. 14 years. Good deal, man. And uh, uh, I know that you you love pastoring. You're not pastoring now. You've uh, stepped out and retired. And you were you were ready to travel the world, weren't you? Uh, we were working on it. <laughs> now, now, some of you say Larry's voice is a little harsh. Has he been preaching too hard? No, he's had a little issue uh, with uh, some damage to his vocal cords because of some, a series of events that have taken place in his life. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. And Larry uh, is what has transpired. Larry, I know that you and Mary had purchased a. a fifth wheel travel trailer and you've gotten a truck to pull it and you guys, because you love to camp and you love to spend time outdoors and that kind of thing. And uh, you'd set out to do that and we're, we're doing so in, I think you were in South Texas. Were you not? Is that where you guys were staying? Yeah, we were in, uh, when I became ill, we were in uh, the Rio Grande Valley 
of South Texas. I was, uh, we were in Harlingen, Texas, which is about uh, 30 miles from the Gulf and about 15 miles from the Mexican border. Uh, I was serving as a chaplain in an RV resort. We were going to be there for the winter. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's a great place. I know all that area. I served down that area before and, and worked down there in Harlingen and Rio Hondo and that area. Uh, they're just, uh, it's a unique place because winter visitors, so to speak, are snowbirds, they call them, flock there by the thousands. Actually, they call us winter Texans. Oh, well, good, good. Back back in my art day, we didn't know what to call them. They were just coming <laughs> from everywhere. They call them money. Yes. <laughs> you know, when I was it when I was being interviewed for this job, Larry, one of the things that people asked me is that how are you going to be able to communicate with and identify with Michigan people? I said, for pity's sake, half of them come from Florida in the winter anyway. I already know them. Most of them are in my church already. That's right. (laughs) But that's just something they do. Well, Larry, tell us a little bit about your story. And I know I've kind of set it up that you wanted to set up and travel and do those kind of things with you and Mary. Uh, But something kind of interrupted that. You want to tell us the story of that and what happened? Sure. We retired the last Sunday of October 2019. And uh, before that, we had uh, made a plan to full-time RV. We'd sold our house and all of our stuff and uh, had bought a fifth wheel and a pickup uh, to travel in. We were, um, in fact, we left the same Sunday we retired and uh, established our uh, domicile, they call it, in South Dakota place where we would get our insurance and mail and all that thing. And, and we began to travel full time and had a wonderful time. Got to see a lot of things, uh, traveled well over 20,000 miles that first year and a half. Uh, but uh, about a year and a half in, I began to feel badly and uh, become ill. And uh, the year, uh, the the day after Thanksgiving of 2019, uh, we, uh, no, excuse me, I'm sorry, 2020. For some reason, numbers have become an issue for me since <laughs> I've been sick. Uh, I finally went to an emergency room and learned that I had uh, cirrhosis of the liver, which struck me as odd since I was a teetotaler mm-hmm. all my life. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but um, they admitted me that day to the hospital. And that's where this all started. That's where, well, that's where it all came to light. Right. It probably started a number of years earlier. But uh, when they admitted me later that day, they also found out that I had kidney failure. So I had uh, two deadly problems. Each worked against the other. And uh, we're conspiring, honestly, to take my life. Wow. I know that's a scary thing. I mean, and here you are. You've, you've worked all these years as a pastor, and a, a leader in the, in the Baptist Convention and churches. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, you plan to be out on the road and enjoy the retirement with the Mary. And y'all love the outdoors and traveling. And it seems like everything just came to a halt. It just... It just was the worst case scenario you could think of 
uh, I could have at that time, but and it just came to a halt. What was going through your heart and mind during that time, Larry? It was really the unknown. Um, what are they going to do about it? Uh, can it be fixed? Uh, those kinds of things. And uh, uh, so our first go round, we were only—I was only in the hospital uh, just a little over a week—and uh, they uh, did some. Uh, treatment. They uh, did some dialysis. Uh, the kidney doctor told me they couldn't do dialysis because uh, it would. Uh, let me back up. They first treated me for cellulitis because I had kidney and liver failure. I was having terrible swelling, and they really just primarily addressed the swelling the first go round. Wasn't until I went back in a second time uh, that they really got after the kidney and liver. And the kidney doctor said that I couldn't have dialysis uh, because it would cause my blood pressure to plummet uh, to dangerous levels because of the kidney failure, which meant that I would die. Mm. And I discussed it with my liver doctor, and we decided, we agreed that I'd rather go trying than go waiting. And... Uh, if I'm going to die, let's die trying. Right. And so we, t we told the doctor, and he agreed that we would try the dialysis. And by the grace of God, the dialysis helped. And after a 31-day stretch in the hospital, I finally got well enough uh, to come back to Michigan. We had decided we didn't know what the future held. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we were certain that it didn't involve full-time travel anymore. And we needed to be uh, near a support system. And uh, because we had a daughter living here, oldest daughter lives in Warren, school teacher there. Um, because she was there, because we had a church full of people, and honestly, a lot of friends all over the state, we felt like this was a place for us to come back to, uh, to have the support that we needed. And so I was transferred from the hospital in Texas to a rehab uh, here in uh, uh, Michigan in uh, uh, Sterling Heights and uh, where I was going to be so they could get me strong enough to go home. Right. In the meantime, Mary is finding a place to live. And uh, we had sold all of our furniture. All we had was the fifth wheel. Yeah, and I remember all of that. Right. And uh, to the amazing grace of God and good Christian friends, uh, uh, we got an apartment very quickly. Uh, in fact, we moved into the same complex we had lived in uh, just prior to our retirement and got our furniture. Um, almost everything was given to us and uh, we were able to make a home while Mary was while I was flitting around in the rehab facility. Right. And, and I just remember those days, Larry, when you guys were still in South Texas. Uh, many of us here in Michigan, we were praying for you. We prayed for you guys all the time. But I've, I've stood beside others who walked through what you were walking through. Most never come out of it. I mean, it's just, I, I can't, I don't know what a percentage would be, but honestly, I don't remember anyone 
in all of my years of ministry and dealing with people in life and death that have had the kind of illness and organ failure that you did that are still alive today. They just don't do it. It just doesn't happen. And I remember as you were down there, we at the staff got together and we talked and said, hey, we need to go down and get Larry. We've got to do whatever we can do. Let's go move this trailer back up. Fortunately, you had some insurances and some things that provided for that, for you to get your trailer and your equipment back up here and to get you transferred. So, you know, it it, it just, Larry, it literally, and I don't use the term often and I, and I don't use it lightly. It was, it was a miracle. It was miraculous. God's hand has been on us this whole time. Honestly, when I was thinking about coming to Michigan for a support system, I was thinking more for Mary than me because I was going to die. I mean, that was inevitable. I was going to die. And so, uh, I knew we, I knew she was going to need the support system. Uh, the last place she needed to be was down in Texas, uh, and our family and most of our friends uh, elsewhere. And so we came home in large part to die. Right. Well, that was. I have to say I agree with you. That's what I thought as well. And I said, okay, let's see what we can do to help Larry. Compliment your Mary is cared for, and uh, you came back and you started the process of, of uh, rehabbing and trying to get healthy and so forth. Uh, take us from that when they finally you finally got out of rehab and what happened? What transpired? Because you have kidney failure, you have liver cirrhosis, which is failure. It's it's, it's hardened and it can't function properly. And uh, tell me tell me what happens after that. Well, the way I got out of rehab was I came down with COVID while I was in there. And so they- I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at you, Gloria, but if anybody has bad luck, please find two kidneys, liver, COVID. How are you here? I'm just still amazed how you're here. But go ahead. I interrupted you, but that was just amazing to me. The COVID was attacking my blood marrow. And it caused my white blood cells to plummet to dangerous levels. And the doctor at the rehab was just alarmed. And they rushed me to the hospital at 3 o'clock in the morning and into the emergency uh, area. We, I asked to go to uh, Beaumont Royal Oak uh, because it just was more convenient mm-hmm. uh, to where we lived. And it was a hospital I had confidence in. I visited in it hundreds of times with church members over the years. And I just had confidence in it. Well, in the emergency room, they tested me for COVID, which was just routine and came in and told me I had it. And I couldn't believe it. It just blew my mind. Uh, so they admitted me and began to treat me for COVID. Uh, I was in that time for eight days and, uh, all the COVID, the only symptom of COVID I had was the attack against my bone marrow. And I uh, didn't have any of the typical symptoms, although uh, apparently it's not uncommon for it to attack the bone marrow. Right. And I finally got well enough to be discharged and actually went home at that time, went to the apartment, saw it for the first time and uh, spent about two weeks there 
I had my first appointment since being back uh, with my liver doctor and uh, went to see him and was so sick that uh, he admitted me right away into the hospital. And uh, things began to move quite rapidly at that point. Um, that second time I, I was admitted to the hospital, um, they began the process of seeing if they could get me on transplant lists mm -hmm. for liver and kidney. It's two separate lists. It's not just a, a list that they put everybody on. You have to right. be on the liver list and you have to be on a kidney list. And uh, a few days after being admitted, I began to uh, have black stools. I don't mean to be graphic, but uh, right. I began to show evidence of passing blood, which meant I was bleeding somewhere internally. Uh, they wound up having to do surgery. I had a bleeding ulcers in my duodenal, and uh, they uh, did surgery to correct that. Uh, that was... Uh, the very end of February, very first of March, uh, I'm not sure exactly of the dates. Uh, There's a lot of what happened uh, that's uh, more like a vague memory than a graphic memory. But that was the first time I was intubated, which is important because uh, I think my voice today is uh, as it is because of the three times, three different times when I was intubated. Uh, it ultimately caused my uh, left vocal cord to become paralyzed. But anyway, back to the story. Uh, the day, I think it was the day after uh, the duodenal surgery, uh, I really thought I was going to die. Uh, I had a clear sense that I was dying. Mm -hmm. I... Uh, told my wife and my daughter who was here uh, that I was dying. I didn't put it that way. I probably should have. I told them, I said, I'm just out of gas. My tank is empty. And uh, called my daughter. Well, I say I called them. I had my somebody reach my younger daughter on the phone. I told her also that I was, excuse me. No, that's all. That I was dying. Tell her goodbye. Tell my girls to take care of Mary. And uh, honestly, that's the rest. I don't remember the rest of that day. Okay, folks, we'll be right back with a continuation of Punching Holes in the Darkness podcast. Friends, we want to welcome today uh, One Mission TV as our sponsor here at uh, Punching Holes in the Darkness podcast. They have been an invaluable partner with us since I've come here to uh, the Baptist State 
Convention of Michigan. What they effectively have done is they took all of our media resources and we put them together in this one neat package that One Mission TV takes care of. They're just doing an admirable job for us and have really taken us to a different level in our media work. Here's some things they've done for us. They've done web design, they can do logo design, designs for print materials, and of course, any kind of video presence and, and recording you'd like to do. And uh, they've really helped us enhance our online presence as they can for you. Great guys, great partners. You will be glad you have done this. They're really a one call media company and I think you'll be blessed by using One Mission TV. And friends, if you want to contact One Mission TV, you can do so at info at onemission.tv. That's info at onemission.tv. Because I was so critical, the next day I lived through the night. The next day I was placed on the liver list. Mm -hmm. um, the next day, that was, that was the 3rd of March. On the 4th of March, I was placed on the kidney list. And that evening, the head of the transplant team, I call him Dr. P because his letters name's got so many letters, it's <laughs> impossible to pronounce. It's a wonderful man. Dr. P came in and said, Larry, we think we have your organs. How, how, how long was that between, Larry? <laughs> the day before I'd been placed on the liver list, and that very day I'd been placed on the kidney list. And they had both or they thought they had both organs. Oh. He said, Now we've got to go and uh, look at the organs and uh, retrieve them if we think they're going to be a match, they're going to be suitable. Uh, and if they do, we'll do surgery on the 5th. And they scheduled me for 4 o'clock on the 5th uh, to receive organs <laughs> where I had been placed on the list on the 3rd. That is, that never happens, Larry. <laughs> Never, never. I have friends and relatives and people who are who've been on the list for months and months and year. Last week, I was at a prayer summit in Chicago, and I met a fellow by the name of Tony Harris. Tony is a pastor of Highland Avenue Baptist Church in Cincinnati. He's a good Southern Baptist brother. He told me that for nine years, he was a chaplain at the University of Cincinnati Hospital. And as chaplain, he served on the ethics committee uh, that makes the decision of placing people on the transplant list. I told him this story last week. And as I told him, he became increasingly animated. And when I finally shut up, he exploded and said, brother, that never happens. Never. He said, I've been on the inside of the process and it has never happened in my knowledge yeah it, it, it's, it's amazing. a miracle it, well it, it is god just suspends the laws of nature and man and intervenes and places himself in the middle of that uh, everything from timing to 
the lists and all of those things. And Larry, I know you, you're not a rich man. You didn't buy your way into that stuff. You didn't know a, a senator or a governor or a president or somebody who could pull strings for you. That doesn't happen with that anyway. You couldn't do that if you wanted to. This is such a, a strictly guided and guarded process that they use. And it, there's no other, there's no other explanation other than the intervention of God. I'm absolutely persuaded. I think God, for whatever reason, well, I know why. It's because he loves me. Yeah. But I don't think he loves me more than anybody else. Um, you know, I've asked why a number of times through this process. Not why is this happening to me, mm -hmm. but God, why are you doing this for me? It's just been uh, astonishing to me. And I've fallen so much more deeply in love with my Savior. Uh, Absolutely. It's just been overwhelming. Uh, I cannot think of what he's done for me without being moved, spiritually moved and emotionally moved uh, at what he's done for me. And, of course, the, the procedures went forward. You received kidney, liver, and you went through the, the process of healing and rehab and, and all of that. And now you are up and about. And I told you when you came to the door, you, you look good. Well, you know, for somebody who's been through this, no, but you do look good. I mean, you look wonderfully good and healthy. And uh, that Larry that we all know and love is back. And uh, it's just an amazing thing that God has done. God truly has done a miracle. I love to tell what he's done for me. I've had so much opportunity uh, to tell this story. I mean, not near as much as I'd like, but uh, I'll get to do it for the very first time this Sunday uh, before a crowd. Oh. And I'm really excited about that. Awesome. awesome. Um, I get to speak on, on uh, Halloween Sunday uh, at a... Uh, <laughs> Pentecostal church. There you go. <laughs> it's back from the dead Sunday. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to a worship service about like the one in the Blues Brothers. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, back from the dead. And, and that is that if there were a theme or a title that you could give to go with your name, you know, some have, uh, he's the, 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 the general of this, or he is the purveyor of this, you you could have Larry Allen, man back from the dead, because <laughs> you really are, because it's, it's just, again, God's grace. And, you know, we ask those questions. I like what you ask. Is it, why God, why would you do that for me? Is it because you just love me? Well, he loves all of us. It's not that he loves you any more or any less than anybody else. It's not that you are any more special than anybody or anybody, uh, anyone else. It's just that God chose to show his grace and mercy. And I believe that he will use that and is using that to encourage others that there is a God who is still on the throne. He still can and will intervene, intervene in the affairs of man. And he has a purpose and plan for our lives. Though we may not see the future, God sees it all. Absolutely. I'm absolutely convinced that the only reason I'm here is to tell this story, to tell of the goodness of God. God has given me a vehicle that I think is going to be quite 
fruitful in sharing the gospel. Absolutely. And um, I, I'm convinced of that. I can think of no other purpose for my being here other than to share the goodness of God. You know, I was in ministry for 45 years and honestly was continuing in ministry just in a, a different way um, in my retirement. But I really expect the next few years to bear more fruit than the previous 47 years I have. Amen. I'm and, praying uh, it will. I'm praying it will, Larry, and we're praying that here. If, let's say somebody wants to contact you. Maybe have you in their church. Of course, you can always contact us here at the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. And uh, we'll be glad to connect you with Larry and Mary and uh, work that out. But is there a, do you mind giving some contact information for the folks out there who might want to contact you and, and uh, possibly have you come and share in their church or ministry? No, not at all. My phone number is 586 216-6443. My email address is Larry, L-A-R-R-Y, Quillen, Q-U-I-L-O-N, at gmail.com. Listen, I'm, I'm willing to go anywhere to speak to anybody at any time. Uh, the only reason I would say no is if I'm already committed. Right. I'm really anxious to tell the story of what God's done for me. Larry, it, I just can't wait to hear what God's going to do with all this. His plans are not our plans, but he has a purpose. I know he does. And it's exciting to see that. And folks there, if you're, as you listen to this podcast, if you'd like to uh, talk with Larry, again, I encourage you call us here at the offices or email us here at the office, go on our website at bscm.org and uh, get the information there. We'll make sure we connect you with uh, Brother Larry and Mary and uh, let him come and share uh, the gospel and the story of how God is God and Amen. he intervenes in our, on our behalf. Yeah. And uh, Larry, it's such a privilege to have you on uh, Punching Holes in the Darkness today and hopefully to have you back again and, and tell us some of the stories and the things that God is doing through uh, you and Mary and the testimony that God has given you. I look forward to it. Uh, God is going to glorify his name. Absolutely. And he's going to give us vehicles uh, that we can do that better. And uh, I just can't imagine um, any better opportunity than I've had to go through what God is uh, in His will uh, brought me through uh, to give me such a powerful story. And I know that uh, it is not for no good reason. Yeah. He's going to give glory to His name and I'm looking forward uh, to being His instrument. Amen. Well, folks, today you've been listening to Punching Holes in the Darkness with our special guest, Dr. Larry Allen, who God has miraculously done a deep work in his life, physically and spiritually, amazingly. Kidney failure, liver failure, cirrhosis, COVID-19, duodenal ulcers and bleeding where he could have died. All of this in a short period of time, and God just reached down and did a wonderful, miraculous work. 
been great to have you today, Larry. Thank you. God bless you. Again, folks, thank you for joining us here at Punching Holes in the Darkness. God bless you. Look forward to you being with us again soon. This has been Punching Holes in the Darkness, a podcast from the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. If you have liked this episode, please rate us and leave a review. That will help others to find us and enjoy these conversations too. And if you subscribe, you will be notified when new episodes are available. Join us next time as we help Michigan churches punch holes in the darkness.